Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me. Let me dive right in with one of the pressing issues of our age that I'll have to tell you honestly, most Americans don't know much about, (laughs) but it's pretty serious. And I want to give you a kind of a a caveat here at the very beginning. Um, You know, I don't talk about themes in this podcast just because I'm interested in them. I talk about them because I think they are relevant and pressing and shaping the world in which you live. I want you to know them, understand them. Pray about them, be knowledgeable about them. And I've got a great many leaders in D.C. and capitals of the world who listen to this podcast. And I also am trying to bring uh, their to their attention these, these pressing issues if they're not already up on them. Uh, and so I'm going to return to Middle East affairs just a little bit. Uh, I know for some of you, I've just about pushed you to the edge of your tolerance uh, with the Kurdish issue. But I want to talk about another issue that's actually on the other side of uh, where the Kurds are that is pressing in this in, in our current time. Um, you you know that I've been talking to you about what's happened, the Trump decision. He decided to pull troops out of northern Syria. Foolish, foolish, foolish. Uh, then he said there's this great ceasefire and we're saving millions of lives. Again, not true. Um, there is no ceasefire right now. The Turks have poured over their border They are engaged effectively in ethnic cleansing. Uh, They are removing the Kurds from a safe zone in northern Syria, where the Kurds were were allowed to be and protected and by treaty were supposed to be. Um, The Turkish government essentially views all Kurds as terrorists, and uh, so they are driving them out of that zone in in favor of some kind of territorial security. And what they're going to do is take displaced Arabs, uh, Arabs displaced by the wars with ISIS and move them into those zones. So there's a form. Uh, it's not just a matter of removing the Kurds. It's also a matter of replacing them uh, with a different ethnicity. The problem is Kurds don't want to go. So they're being killed. The Turkish military is using phosphorus, uh, white phosphorus. Actually, um, there have already been funerals, public funerals of children burned horribly with white phosphorus. I won't go into detail about what that means, but basically picture me holding uh, a lighter or a match or a fire or a candle under your skin and not removing it. It just burns constantly. It doesn't go away and eventually you die. Um, that's what that's like. So it's horrible in the North. Now, what I want to talk about is not any of that. I could I, I could go on for hours about there are, how there are 1,700 refugee Kurds pouring into the KRG region of Northern Iraq right now every day and all of these kinds of things. But I think I've pretty much covered that in all my social media and in this podcast. Perhaps one of the biggest issues, arguably even bigger than what I've just just been talking about, what I've done several podcasts about, is what's going on in Baghdad. Now, you have seen in the news, likely, uh, that there are riots and protests taking place in Baghdad. This is largely because of the people are just fed up. They don't have power. They don't have jobs. There's inflation. The economy is terrible. They don't have any kind of life. But let me zoom out just a little bit and tell you what's really going on in Baghdad. I know it's horrible to say I I feel very close to the American military, as you know, growing up as a military brat, living here in D.C., having so many friends who are executive officers. And I 
really strongly feel keenly, feel very keenly, the sacrifices that we made uh, as as Americans in Iraq. So I hate to have to say the things I'm about to say, but the fact of the matter is that the government in Baghdad is pretty much a puppet of Iran. In fact, to put it kind of sarcastically, Baghdad has become a suburb of Tehran, the capital of Iran. And the Iranians, having for a long time wanted to dominate Iraq, you know there was a war between Iran Iraq and Iraq in the 80s, 1980s, um, the, the Iranians have essentially moved, worked through their Shia representatives. You, you probably know that uh, Iran is largely a Shiite Muslim country. And so the Shiites, who are uh, about one-third or more of Iraq, have taken the ascendancy in the government, and Iran has worked with them for domination. So it's stunning what has happened, and it is stunning the way Iranian-backed militia are operating in Iraq. So just this past week, for example, the president, the prime minister, and essentially their version of the Speaker of the House, what they call the president of the parliament, were all held captive by Iranian-backed militia, all of them. Uh, A doctor was killed. 250 people have been killed in the riots. Um, All of these senior officials were about to resign uh, when a man named Qasem Soleimani came from Iran and began to basically tell them what they would and would not do. Uh, There is now an Iranian effort to restructure Iraq, even to the point of rewriting the Constitution. And there's some suspicion that I think is valid uh, that they are going to rearrange the rights of the Kurds and change the Constitution to negatively affect the Kurds. So while I'm sad to say it because of the sacrifices of American lives and materiel and treasure and and, uh, and just blood and sweat and tears uh, in Iraq... The fact of the matter is that Iran has a, is, is in process of winning the war it fought to a stalemate in the 80s, and it is now taking over Iraq. This sounds dramatic. This sounds like I'm overstating, but I'm not. Baghdad has be, is becoming a territory of the Iranians, and the government is being run by the Iranians, and there are pretty horrible things happening. Now, all you're hearing about are the riots. And the riots are a slightly different thing that's meeting an Iranian-backed response. The riots are good people of Iraq saying enough is enough. In fact, some of the rioters even went um, and besieged an Iranian office in Baghdad uh, and tried to you know, destroy it. They're tr- they are aware that the Iranians, the Iranians are behind their government. They are aware of their Iranian machinations and the, 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 these, these, ri- these rioters, that is, these, these protesters. And they are trying to expose that to the world and they are trying to, ha- to uh, carve out decent lives for themselves. So what's happening in Iraq right now with the riots that you see on television, and all you're really told, of course, is that there are protesters rising up, is that there is an angry response to not only the incompetence of the government, but the fact that the current government in Iraq reflects an Iranian attempt to take over Iraq. 
this is going to produce a massive realignment in the Middle East. And there are two or three things I can say about this. First of all, picture the Kurds in the KRG region. They've got this horrible situation in the north with the Turks pouring over the border, replacing Kurdish citizens in northern Syria with Arabs, uh, displaced Arabs, and, and essentially killing the Kurds and driving them into, into Iraqi Kurdistan. And then in the south, you've got these riots in Baghdad where Iran is essentially taking over Iraq using Iranian militia. Uh, second of all, I want to say that I certainly can understand if some of you are saying, how in the world could Iran be using Iranian-backed militia in another country? Well, let me assure you uh, that when the U.S. was opposed to uh, the big vote that happened at one point. You remember a few years ago, there was this gigantic referendum that occurred in which the Kurds of, of, of the KRG, uh, Kurdish regional government, would decide uh, if they wanted independence. It was a big referendum on independence, and the U.S. was opposed to it being held. But instead, they went forward with it. 93% wanted independence despite the fact that our, our government was opposed to that vote even taking place. Well, shortly after that vote, um, some Kurdish units in league with Iranian militia, Iranian-backed militia, stormed into the KRG, took oil fields, killed Kurds, confiscated uh, land. This is normal behavior. Um, it's not something we're used to in the U.S., of course, but suppose there were Russian-backed militia charging around Texas, taking over territory and occupying oil fields. That's pretty much what's going on. So there is a massive restructuring happening in Iraq, and it is largely a takeover by the Iranians. It is happening. It is underway. And because the U.S. is in this big pullback from its role as a superpower, because the U.S. is uh, retreating from its responsibilities and its commitments, and in some cases, uh, even its international agreements, the Iranians are feeling emboldened. This is what the situation in northern Syria signaled to the evildoers in the Middle East. The U.S. is no longer a presence. The U.S. will no longer stand against evildoers. The U.S. will no longer put its money where its mouth is and will no longer uh, assure uh, that there is freedom and, and there is safety and there is an opportunity for democratic self-determination. That's what's going on in the Middle East right now. So in your lifetime, unless this is checked, one of the things that will determine Middle East affairs and thus international trade, international business, and American long-term commitments, and also America's status in the world, is what's happening in Baghdad. I know we don't like thinking that way. I know a lot of people in the U.S. say, why should I care what's happening with a bunch of people I don't even know on the other side of the world? But that's the way the world is these days. So these, on the evening news tonight, when you hear, perhaps, perhaps you'll hear it, that 250 people were killed in protests in Baghdad, understand there's a massive story going on around that. And it's not just protesters. It's not just a bunch of students. It's not just a bunch of people who want jobs. Or uh, It's about people asking for fundamental rights, number one. But number two, they are pushing back against an Iranian incursion and takeover of their government. That is absolutely happening. And they are resenting uh, the rise of ISIS, the retreat of America, and the fact that the Iranians are using militias that they are backing all throughout their country to enforce their will. And the victims of all this, ultimately, aside from the good Iranian people, are going to be the Kurds. That means that eventually the other nations of the world will have to get involved. So the U.S. has left a vacuum in the Middle East. 
I know we don't want to fight endless wars. I know we don't want our troops everywhere in the world having to be the world's policemen, but we are a superpower. We are a power for good. We need to do it wisely and justly. And the immature idea that we can just withdraw from our responsibilities in the world is going to throw the world into chaos. And this is what's happening in the Middle East. Try as best you can, as boring as I know it is for a lot of us, and as much as we haven't been prepared by the American educational system to pay attention to it, try as best you can to pay attention to what's happening in Syria and Iraq, because Russia and Iran are moving in to fill the gap that we have left, and there's going to be great bloodshed and great realignment that will determine the direction of the nations of the world. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.